the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, it is. And welcome back Wednesday, January 5th, 2022. He's a professor, an endowed professor at one of America's elite colleges. He's a best-selling author. He's received praise from the major newspapers like The Washington Post and The New York Times. And he helped launch a two-term presidency by hosting his first political fundraiser for the candidate in his living room. He also paid the salary or served on the board of an organization that paid the salary of the candidate before he was elected to office. That man would brag, too. He bragged about a few other activities, namely his work in planting bombs at the New York City Police Department headquarters in 1970, the United States Capitol building in 1971, and the Pentagon in 1972. In his book, Bragging About That, published 30 years later or just 20 years ago, he wrote, quote, dynamite became ice cream or pickles to us, close quote. So much a casual part of his life was the building block of his bombing materiel. He wrote he regretted he didn't do more. He called those bombings, quote, a perfectly American moment, close quote. His name is Bill Ayers. The presidency he helped launch was Barack Obama's. Now, you may say, well, he only helped launch it and served on a board Obama was paid by. Okay, And yet we still hear about Ronald Reagan kicking off his presidential campaign in Mississippi as if it were some kind of a dog whistle. Bombs require no special hearing devices like dog whistles, by the way. They are obvious and they are obviously terroristic. If John McCain's campaign or career were launched in the home of a John Bircher or Robert Welsh or Mitt Romney's in the home of a neo-Nazi or Ralph Nader's at the home of the Unabomber, you think that wouldn't be a big, big story? But Ayers gets professorships and good press, as does Barack Obama. Now, nobody anybody ever heard of with no connections to a Republican or conservative anybody has ever heard of constitutes the entire warp and woof and congregation of those who stormed the U.S. Capitol on January 6, 2021. But it is all the Republicans' fault and has stalled or stopped democracy, putting columnists all around the country in fear of and for our democracy. And it wasn't led by some group with any articulable goal, and it wasn't thousands or tens of thousands. It was less than 800 all unarmed people. Everything, almost everything you have heard about what happened is wrong. All trespassing at a minimum, all irrelevant to any political conversation of any meaning or meaningfulness prior to January 6th, 2021, and since were the people involved in the January 6th riot. But the rooftops of the rainforests have been raised over this. The only death, though you will not know this from the media, was one of the trespassers. There were no others from that day. Full stop. That death was a woman, a veteran, shot in the back. She was unarmed. 
excuse me for thinking through all of the year prior, the main concern of the Democrats was unjust or unfair police killings of unarmed people. Well, maybe that's a stretch. It has to be an unarmed black person to matter. For the woman who was unarmed and shot in the back for the crime of trespassing was white. The shooter, the cop, he was black. Thus, no names need be said. Now, it doesn't help when people like President Joe Biden, who himself is the residual beneficiary of Bill Ayer's fundraising prowess, says such things on national television as, and I quote, Not even during the Civil War did insurrectionists breach our capital, the citadel of our democracy, but insurrectionists did. They launched a violent and deadly assault on the people's house, on the people's representatives, and on the Capitol Police sworn to protect them, close quote. Is any of that actually true? Were there insurrectionists? Seven some hundred arrests and not a one for the crime of insurrection. And it is a federal crime. What is it? The liberal left Marshall Center defines it as, quote, to incite, assist or engage in a full on rebellion against the government. Close quote. Was there a full on rebellion against the government? Certainly one would argue there was a rebellion against the processes of government, but it wasn't to overturn the government. To overturn the government would mean overturning President Donald Trump's presidency. He was, after all, still the president when January 6th occurred. But isn't. Firebombing of federal courthouses and takeovers of police precincts, rebellion against the government. For that was routine in 2020, and no one seemed to think so. Here's the USA Today in September of 2020. Quote, police chiefs in major cities, including Seattle, Atlanta, Portland and Louisville, Kentucky, have been fired, resigned or abruptly retired. Close quote. Why? No support from the community and leadership of those cities. Here's one opening sentence from Oregon's newspaper of record. Quote, protesters and police clashed in downtown Portland in a demonstration that lasted into the pre-dawn hours of Thursday, with some in the crowd setting a fire and exploding commercial-grade fireworks outside the federal courthouse that has been a target in months of conflict in Oregon's largest city. Close quote. Federal courthouse. Close quote. Here's another headline. Quote, rioters set fire to federal courthouse. Another, Portland protesters breach fence around federal courthouse. All of that irrelevant, as were the riots running rampant throughout 2020, with, by the way, 30 deaths and over 14,000 people arrested. One Kamala Harris helped fundraise for those arrested. Also irrelevant, evidently, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer standing outside the Supreme Court shouting at a rally stating the names of two Republican-appointed Supreme Court justices and yelling, you have unleashed the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions, close quote. But Congress's work being interrupted for eight hours by a ragtag group of anarchists nobody ever heard of, that will be our Reichstag, the pretext for all manner of anti-civil liberty language, speech, and ostracism. One can imagine Congress's work stopping for eight hours as democracy having been stopped for eight hours only so long as one can call the 172 days each year that Congress is not in session as a cessation of our democracy. During those 4,000 plus hours every year Congress is not in session, are we without our democracy? The absurdities and hyperboles continue. 
one has to go back to the Civil War, Joe Biden tells us. Joe Biden can do all he wants to suppress the luridities of left-wing violence in America, but it should be noted, the ones afraid of true history are not we, conservatives. No, one can go to the 1970s with Barack Obama's friend, or the Harvard professor in 1950, excuse me, 1915, who bombed the United States Capitol. Or one could cite the Puerto Rican terrorists who in 1954 actually shot five members of Congress in the Capitol. Later, by the way, President Jimmy Carter would commute those terrorist sentences, releasing them back to peace and a hero's welcome in Puerto Rico. Donald Trump fomented the riot, the insurrection. Please show me one sentence he ever uttered that can even less than reasonably be seen as an incitement to what happened. First off, the breach of the Capitol took place while Donald Trump was still giving his January 6th speech in front of the White House. And in that speech, he said, quote, I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard, close quote. Peacefully and patriotically. To the degree those who engaged in lawless behavior on January 6th engaged in such behavior, they did so against what Donald Trump said, acting neither peacefully nor patriotically. Now, how many days was the Wisconsin legislature not in session when the left took over that building in protest against a Republican governor in 2011? Do you even know about it? How much democracy was stopped? Or how about when Texas Democratic Party legislators fled the state to avoid constituting a quorum, which was their constitutional duty, depriving every Texan of the democracy they were entitled to from their elected representatives? How many days? How much democracy? Or when the courthouses were barricaded and firebombed, did anyone invoke the Obama King reference that justice delayed is justice denied? No? Why? Left-wing violence is okay to be forgiven, to be justified. Nancy Pelosi said people will do what people do when asked about a riot in Baltimore on behalf of Black Lives Matter. Chris Cuomo would state on CNN, who said protests had to be peaceful when the rioters were left-wing? This isn't whataboutism. This is something entirely else I'm saying. This is collective responsibility and imputation of group guilt, terrible yet signal markings of every tyrant's efforts. Go look up the reference to the Reichstag fire I made above if you need help on that one. Think of it this way. We have made a practice here, I have since my first radio show in 2004, of never giving the name of mass murders, depriving them of A, the notoriety they seek, and B, instigation or ideation to others. There is a movement of family survivors of such murder victims. It's called Don't Name Them. There's actually another organization as well called No Notoriety. What are their top four reasons of many, according to their website? One, some suspects are motivated by a desire for fame, notoriety, and or recognition. Two, when the media focuses on the attacker, they provide this fame, notoriety, and recognition. Three, this focus allows the attacker to accomplish one of its one of their goals and validates their life and actions. And four, media coverage can create a contagion effect producing more shootings. One article early on in this campaign 
cited Anderson Cooper with approval for abiding by their wishes of not stating the names of these assassins. That's gone. Why? We can get Republicans. But the larger point, who among anyone here knows of anyone involved in the January 6th riot? The incident, those eight hours in Washington, should have been forgotten rather than animated and revivified by the media and Democrats for the entirety of the last year, giving it the notoriety it so much craved. They, the media and the Democrats, are the ones making this big or bigger than it was or just making it at all. If all of 2020 was nothingness and forgotten, if Schumer was forgotten, if the shooting of Steve Scalise by a Bernie Sanders volunteer was forgotten, if Wisconsin was forgotten, if Baltimore and Texas were forgotten, all with longer lasting consequences, why is this one thing being manipulated and distorted? So much so that the praiseworthy Bill Ayers is never mentioned, and his as well as the actions of other leftists attacking the Capitol and congressmen violently, totally forgotten. Why is this one day so much more prominent? I know we aren't supposed to study anything classic anymore, especially if it comes from Europe. But once upon a time, children were educated via moral tales taught by a man named Aesop. They were called Aesop's fables. Seemingly, this one should be retaught just about now. One day, people noticed a mountain in labor, smoke coming out of its summit, the earth quaking at their feet, trees crashing and huge rocks tumbling. They felt sure something horrible was going to happen. They all gathered together to see what terrible thing this could be. They waited and they waited, and yet nothing came. Suddenly, there was a still more violent earthquake, and a huge gap appeared in the side of the mountain. The people all fell down upon their knees and waited. At last, a teeny little mouse poked its little head and bristles out of the gap and came running towards them. Let's not like let the mice of our culture frighten, distort, cow, embarrass, and shame our politics or our culture. There are something like 35,732,180 registered Republicans in America. There were 74,216,154 people who voted for Donald Trump in 2020. Assuming the rioters of January 6 all voted for Donald Trump, they would constitute one thousandth of one percent of his voters and supporters, two one thousandths of one percent of all registered Republicans, assuming the rioters were registered Republicans. Mice do frighten elephants. They shouldn't. But I do know asininity when I see it. And that word comes from the vulgar word for donkey. And sad to say, we do live in vulgar times. Just understand that, and you'll be okay. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Christopher's in Phoenix. Hello, Christopher. Hi. How are you doing, Seth? I'm doing fine. How are you? Uh, it is a beautiful day, and I'm going to go on a motorcycle ride listening to you on the radio. Oh, aren't you? <laughs> can that. you do that on a motorcycle? You can hear me? Yeah, I have an incredible stereo that I get to sing it loud and proud to everybody going down the road. Oh, then. good for you. That's great. That's great. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'll believe that we live, that we 
live in a free country, when I hear the words that you spoke in your monologue today on the front page of the Arizona Republic. Aren't you kind, Christopher? Thank you. You know what's interesting about that comment? Can I make a point about that with you? We can we can talk this through. You know, the interesting thing to me about this is while we're all supposed to confess some something about January 6th or be tarred by it, all of us, all conservatives, all Republicans, all people who voted for Donald Trump or thought about voting for Donald Trump, we're, we're, you, you find the newspapers and the columnists, you know, just dripping and losing and oozing ink over this. They never really quote Republicans, conservatives, spokesmen. Has as ever encouraging any of this, as ever supporting any of this, or as not denouncing any of this. It's kind of interesting, isn't it? Well, I mean, I wouldn't you go? Yeah, I, wouldn't you, if you were a journalist, want to go to prominent or at least semi-prominent spokesmen in the party or in the movement and get their opinions on it? Because if you did, you would get a unanimous, a unanimous, resounding uh, negative reaction about January sixth. They never do that only that they would actually do better as a newspaper selling more newspapers I would think. so it's not about free enterprise i would think that's the issue that so confounds me all these big court this is why i think we should use the phrase corporate media um rather than other phrases i've been using in the past that's the one i like now the best corporate media rather than mainstream media or whatever these corporations that own these these outlets seem to be willing to have what's known in retail as loss leaders, things they know they'll lose money on, but hoping at some point they'll recoup it through other purchases or through other aspects of the company. I can't imagine why they continually think it's a really good idea to only appeal to about eh, roughly one-third of the American people and dismiss roughly another two-thirds of the American people, unless ideology is so much more important to them than the bottom line. Totally. And then uh, I think we ought to start calling it hate paper. Hate paper. Hate paper. Biased paper. I'm I'm open to it. I'm just thinking we, we, we can probably come up with a few phrases. Hate paper, biased paper, journal of opinion. The Arizona Republic is a journal of opinion. Journal of Left-Wing Opinion, the left-wing Arizona (laughs) Republic. You know, if the Heritage Foundation is ever cited or one of their scholars are ever cited in in the corporate media, it's always the Conservative Heritage Foundation. It's never the liberal Brookings Institution, but it is always the Conservative Heritage Foundation. Anything that has a misleading title. Yeah, it's always conservative talk radio. It's always conservative talk radio. It's never it, 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 it's, never it's never liberal or left wing newspapers. Not when they write about themselves. Seth, you're a blessing. No, you are, Christopher. Thanks. I appreciate that you liked what I had to say. It may it may not resonate with everyone, but it's well, my belief that it what, should. Will, I'm writing it down as a date to send off to all the liberal people to go and listen to and tell me it's wrong. Well, bless you, Christopher. Tell me what the react. Call me back with the reactions. I'd be curious. Okay. All right, brother. Be good. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. 34 after the hour brings us our culture and economy update with John Dombrowski. He is the founder and president of Grand Canyon Planning Associates, Grand Canyon Planning 
Facebook.com is his website. Host of his own show, The Word on Wealth, heard every Saturday morning here at 7 a.m. Heard an ad for you, uh, John, the other day about uh, that radio show where you take the fun approach to the serious matter of your money. And I thought, yeah, that's 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 the John I know. He's serious about financial yeah. matters and funny about and fun about almost everything else. I like that. Yeah. Well, thank you. You betcha. What are you looking at today? The 400-point drop? Are you looking at the Federal Reserve putting wheels in motion for balance sheet reductions and uh, changing? Yeah, yeah. What, 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 what has your eyebrows raised today? All of the above. Yeah. And, you know, you had sent me something which I thought was, was rather interesting yeah. as well in the pursuit of the perfect portfolio. Yes, right, right. <laughs> well, John, if you yeah, could only get me 20%, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, there's times when we can do that okay. or more, but then there's no guarantee ever, right? right so right. the perfect portfolio, does it exist? Yeah. Well, when you look at days like today, Seth, it kind of dispels the myth yeah. that may be out there that there's a perfect portfolio. And again, what might be perfect for one is the absolute disaster for another, right? Well, absolutely, so we especially to, if someone's yeah. looking at a horizon of different time frames, you know, five years, you 10 bet. years, 30, 40 years out. Yeah, you bet. Yeah. So everybody's a bit concerned right now, which is I think everybody uh, has a right to be based on some of the things we're hearing out there. Today, uh, you know, the Fed speaking about, again, possibly – uh, moving forward with their uh, uh, position to raise rates as well as uh, to discontinue the purchasing of the bond buying. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of those things to help stave off the inflationary pressures that we're feeling right now. And what's interesting about this, Seth, is we all, in the investment world, we know that this is most likely coming, and it's most likely going to be starting this year. So when we see days like today happen, um, it's not surprising okay to see this. And we just have to encourage uh, people out there, our clients, and let them know that we're aware of this and that we're making the consider, you know, the considerations and uh, taking into account this. We're going to be making changes to the portfolios. And we've already started that process ahead of what we're seeing right now. But we still want to be uh, patient and make sure we don't miss any opportunities that may arise because of a, a, a sharp pullback in the market in such a short period of time. John, on the other side of the financial uh, street, the Federal Reserve, they're making some news about um, about shrinking shrinking some of its uh, portfolio and uh, and uh, dealing with uh, the rising in the high inflation problem by lifting short term rates sooner than may be expected. Yeah, right. Yes. And that's, yeah, that's basically what we're talking about, right? So when we talk about that 10-year Treasury we're looking at today hitting 1.7%, uh, that is, uh, it's high in quite some time. And uh, the thought is, is that if the Fed is going to continue to uh, raise rates, if they are going to do this, you're going to start to see that 10-year Treasury move higher. Now, that's a negative for those who are holding bonds in their portfolio because as interest rates rise, bond values tend to decrease. However, for those out there who are looking in the future maybe to try to get some yield out of their portfolio, interest rates being higher is actually going to be a benefit for those out there who are looking to get that yield. In the past, Seth, that was a pretty common thing, right? You buy bonds to generate yield in the portfolio. You have stocks or equities in the portfolio to generate the growth. Once all of that yield went away, all that interest went away, 
there was no place to put the money other than into stocks. So that did help drive the markets higher, but it also added, in some cases, some additional risk to portfolios that some people may not have wanted, but they had no other alternative. Does the market often, like on a day today, such as today, is there is there a one-to-one relationship or ratio between what the Fed is saying and what the market is doing? I mean, these are two major pieces of news, the, do- the stock dip and the, uh, and, yeah. and the Fed notes, right? I would say there's a correlation, okay. but there's no, there's really no uh, ratio. Okay, okay. Uh, it's really going to be a matter of companies that have quality, uh, you know, uh, uh, ability to generate profit. That's going to be the key. Perfect. Companies that are overpriced, well, maybe not so much. And the debt, and the debt that they have to deal with, of course, too. Right. Exactly. Right. Right. Yes. Right. John Dombrowski, thank you. Thank you, Seth. Securities and advisory services offered to Client One Securities LLC, a member of Finland Sipican, an investment advisor, Grand Canyon Planning Associates LLC, and Client One Securities LLC are not affiliated. Thank you, Seth. All right, John. Talk later. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. As we do every Wednesday, we check in with our Robert H. Jackson Fellow in Constitutional Studies. He is Brett W. Johnson. He is a partner at the local law firm in many states, but based here, Snell and Wilmer, SWLaw.com. Brett Johnson, Happy New Year to you, sir. Happy New Year to you, to you Seth. Thank you for having me. Thank you, as always, for joining us uh, with your expertise and friendship. I don't know. I mean, I just think something about COVID over the last two years is going to create a whole new series of pocket parts for law school textbooks on con <laughs> law. We're, 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 we're learning a lot of con law over the experience of this uh, of this virus, aren't we, Brad? We, we are. And, and, you know, uh, Seth, I think this, uh, this is going to be a nice tee up for your next book. Here, so. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. But if you're willing to publish it, I'll write it. How's that for a deal? Okay. Sounds good. Brett Johnson Publishers and, and 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 Constitutional Analysis. All right. You're a man of the law. You're a man of the Navy. This is kind of an interesting story. A federal judge has ordered the Navy and Defense Department to halt disciplinary procedures against members of the service's special operations community for refusing to take the COVID-19 vaccine. Most people would have thought that those in the military who didn't want to take the vaccine had no choice. This came as a surprise to them. Tell us your analysis of it all. Yeah, and, and that's, that is a, a basically a, a basic understanding. You know, when, when I went into the service, I signed a dotted line, and it had basically a lot of disclaimers, and, and one of them that you had to get vaccinated for a variety of different things. And right now there's nine that are on the books that have been well-recognized. I remember standing in line and one after another getting shot, 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 shot. So it, it is it is kind of a, a misnomer that, that the military members do not still have their civilian rights, their okay. constitutional rights when they go into the military. And the vaccine issue, this is not the first time, by the way, but the vaccine issue, um, you know, raises people's rights, First Amendment rights. And I'll give you a flashback. Might remember the anthrax cases mm-hmm. back in the early 2000s. Yeah, a lot of the same issues that are being raised now were raised then, and unfortunately, or fortunately, one way or the other, the government still has not learned its lessons. So it's kind of relearning lessons that it had um, over over 20 years ago. 
Well, that's not <laughs> that's nothing new to you or me. It seems work. No. What, what was it? Uh, George Orwell said the first task of the intelligent is the restatement of the obvious. And I think exactly. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're, we seem to be living in those times, don't we, Brett? We do. We do. So, but but yeah. about the seal case, and, yeah. and I want to actually give you a precursor. Sure. Case. So, sure. Oklahoma, state uh, in Oklahoma filed a lawsuit against the federal government, the governor did, and saying, listen, do not apply um, the vaccine mandate to National Guardsmen who are not in federal status. So there's pretty much a recognition that if you're on federal status, that some of that federal, the federal government regulations work out. An Oklahoma judge um, struck that down pretty quickly and, and kind of shot back at the, at the Oklahoma governor because, you know, you always like to talk about the Constitution yep. and in Article 1. Yep. You know, the well-ordered militia starts with Congress. A Mm -hmm. lot of people don't quite understand that. It's kind of a dual role. Now, states do have the ability to create their own militias, their own National Guards outside of the system. Um, And some states have done so, Florida in the past, Texas in the past. Um, But if it's a traditional National Guard, it kind of has a dual-hatted purpose. Mm -hmm. So that Oklahoma judge really determined, went through what's called Title 10 and Title 32, and said, listen, you don't have the ability to, fi- um, to file a lawsuit against the, the Biden administration. However, that judge specifically said, I am not reviewing the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, mm-hmm. which is something that is based off of the First Amendment. Mm-hmm. And that's what the SEALs um, put their, uh, hung their hat on, literally. Uh-huh. And, uh-huh. and what that, that statute basically said is that all federal government employees have a right to their First Amendment right to freedom of a religion. Mm-hmm. And if they have a true basis of a religious objection, they want an exemption for something, mm-hmm. the government has to have a compelling reason mm-hmm. to basically overcome that. And what the schools court judge said is, listen, this has been going on for two years. This is no longer an emergency. It's much like and the Fifth Circuit opinion, generally, right? It, 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 very much so. Uh-huh. And so that's what the seals and then the, the judge relied on that act and also relied on the First Amendment also kind of hinted at that they hadn't learned their lesson from the anthrax cases and they hadn't done their own procedural requirements Mm -hmm. that were necessary to that. So taking it one step further, Governor Abbott in Texas walks on to the SEALs case and has now brought his own um, uh, constitutional challenge trying to get the Texas National Guard um, exempt from the vaccine. So that was only filed, I think, yesterday. Okay. So once again, just like with the OSHA, the CMS, the you know uh, vaccine mandate nationally, but what they're trying to do is create these splits between districts and then get it up to the Supreme Court as quickly as possible. Now, if the Supreme Court upholds this federal judge that granted these, uh, what was it, 35? I think it was 35 members of the special ops in the Navy. But if the Supreme Correct. Court upholds their their claims, their rights not to be vaccinated – does that open up a whole new slew of concerns with military discipline and the like? For instance, uh, I don't know. We saw a case, what, about four or five months ago of a, I think he was an officer who was demoted uh, because he publicly criticized the president's actions with regard to the withdrawal of Af- Afghanistan. Does it does it open up a whole new set of things or is the court pretty good or are the courts pretty good about keeping these in the silos they belong I, they're very good about keeping them in the silos, especially well-established laws. So okay. One of the issues, again, in the SEALs case is that the government didn't follow the procedure. Okay. For example, if you had a medical 
necessity. Like I, I'm, I'm, I, you know, get hives when I get vaccines or whatnot. Yeah. You were allowed to be exempt. Right. But a person who had a religious exemption was, was not given that same gratitude. So that was where the government did not follow its own procedure. In regard to those other cases, especially there was, there was a Marine Corps lieutenant colonel just recently actually discharged from the Marine Corps who voiced opposition um, to the Afghanistan. Okay, that's the one I might be thinking of. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Exactly. And and in that context, there's the, it's the Uniform Code of Military Justice. Mm-hmm. And even that colonel, I've, I've actually watched some of his videos, and he acknowledged what he was doing is that if somebody in the subordinate to him would have done the same thing, he would have held them accountable. And again, he he actually stood up and, and said, yes, I, I violated the Uniform Code of Military Justice. And the reason being is, is that when you do enter the military for good, what's called good order and discipline, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you, you, you have to have these types of laws that do, quite honestly, infringe on your First Amendment rights. I don't have the ability. I signed a contract. I don't have ability to get out of the military. And if I did, like AWOL, um, I, would, I would go to jail. So it's a little bit different. That's the one major difference between the military and civilian world. Is, is that there are some restrictions on First Amendment rights when it comes to good order and discipline, and that has been regularly held up all the way back to George Washington days um, for to make sure our military is able to accomplish its mission. That's a that's a, that's a perfectly wonderful and helpful analysis, Brett. I, I that that's I don't know what to say except perfectly done. Well done. I understand this. Thank you. How much more clearly? Because I honestly have to tell you, I did not see those seals. Were they SEALs, the Navy SEALs? I didn't see those yeah. special ops in the Navy getting getting the relief that they got from that. I didn't see it happening. And now it makes all the sense in the world the way you cast it. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? When people are bringing these cases, a lot of people only want to talk about the law. But the law, a lot of the law is based off of the facts that you have. Um, not all facts are created equal. Yeah. And unfortunately, the Constitution is going to have a different application each time. Brett W. Johnson, partner at Snell and Wilmer, SWLaw.com, and our constitutional scholar. Brett Johnson Publishers, it has a ring to it, like Alfred A. Knopf. Brett W. Johnson, <laughs> gonna, you know? We, I'm going to go look into it. Right yeah, now. let's. <laughs> okay, we'll find a book to write. Brett Johnson, bless you, sir. We'll talk to you next week. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, uh, Charlie's Angels theme. It would take a sleuth to find this. Thank goodness for my producer, who who not only has a steel trap memory, but captures all the audio uh, we play and keeps it. Um, because it was dawning on me, as all these leftists are talking about, you know, well, the inargument for what happened on January 6th in the Capitol in Washington, D.C., uh, was the notion that the election um, was uh, was fraudulent, the notion uh, that we now, uh, I guess, have in the dictionary as the big lie that there was a fraud that uh, perpetuated uh, Joe Biden in and that the, the effort was to get the uh, electors uh, to be either decertified or not vote their conscience or have a waiting period. Uh, in other words, to not elect to not let the Electoral College votes count. That's what it boiled down to. That effort was seditious when it came to Republicans. I, though, have a memory that goes back just a little bit further than yesterday, and it goes back to 2017, prior to Donald Trump's inauguration, but after his election. And it went something like this. The reason I referenced Charlie's Angels and thanked Bill for keeping this, is you can't get this video anymore. 
Search for it. You won't find it. YouTube says it doesn't exist. We got it once upon a time and kept it. Play it for me, Bill. Republican members of the Electoral College, this message is for you. As you know, our founding fathers built the Electoral College to safeguard the American people from the dangers of a demagogue and to ensure that the presidency only goes to someone who is, to an eminent degree, endowed with the requisite qualifications. An eminent degree. Someone who is highly qualified for the job. The Electoral College was created specifically to prevent an unfit candidate from becoming president. There are 538 members of the Electoral College. You and just 36 other conscientious Republican electors can make a difference by voting your conscience on December 19th and thereby shaping the future of our nation. I'm not asking you to vote for Hillary Clinton. I'm not asking you to vote for Hillary Clinton. I'm not asking you to vote for Hillary Clinton. (laughs) As you know, the Constitution gives electors the right to vote for any eligible person. Any eligible person, no matter which party they belong to. But it should certainly be someone you consider especially competent. Especially competent to serve. We we can stop it there. They go on. Do understand this. Do understand what they are doing. All these liberal lefty Hollywood Clinton supporters are begging. I got the month wrong. They did it in December before the inauguration, not January before the inauguration. Fair enough. They are begging Republican electors to vote their conscience and violate their oaths, violate their oaths in an unconstitutional, illegal manner to not vote Donald Trump in because, you heard them say it, he was ineligible to be president. Okay. It's a funny thing. You can memory whole things. You can just delete them if you're YouTube as if it didn't exist. Thank God we remember that it did. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.